2: hail cheaters and welcome to the always cheating fantasy premier league podcast my name is brandon and i'm here with a quick intro to today's episode which features a very special live conversation that josh and i had with fantasy football scout founder and fpl black box co-host the total and complete legend that is mark southerns stick around that chat's coming up in just a few minutes of course there were no premier league matches this weekend to discuss and We're not quite sure if there'll be matches for next weekend for us to plan for for our fantasy teams. But what did occur this weekend was Fest NYC, which happened Saturday, September 10th at Brooklyn's beautiful Sunset Park rooftop. Josh and I were so, so thrilled to host more than 100 FPL managers who came not just from the New York City area, but we also had attendees from across the country and across the world, for that matter, from Atlanta to San Francisco and Norway to Australia. A huge, huge debt of gratitude to our Fest NYC partners, Ed Gray at Fantasy Football Fest, along with Gianni Buttici, and, of course, Mark Southerns. Together, we made a great team. And despite the road bumps, the event came together, I think, so, so well. We honestly weren't sure what was going to happen after the matches for the weekend were postponed because watching the matches on Saturday for Game Week 7 was a huge part of what we had planned. But ultimately, everyone had a blast. We had that great wide-ranging FPL chat and audience Q&A with Mark, which again is coming up in its entirety uh, in just a moment. Gianni and Ed also organized what I thought was a very competitive five-a-side tournament on Soccer Roof's indoor pitches. We had FIFA gaming consoles on PlayStation 4, and also Gianni put together what I thought was a really challenging Premier League FPL quiz. Plus, we enjoyed some epic views of uh, the lower Manhattan skyline and Statue of Liberty, along with the wonderful hospitality provided by the venue's staff. We're sharing this Mark Southerns chat, but I genuinely can't begin to express what it was like to physically be in attendance, something you might not be able to get just from listening to this podcast, whether you were kicking a ball, forming a trivia team, or simply sharing a drink with a fellow fantasy manager. If you have the opportunity to attend a fantasy football fest in London or New York or any location that Ed comes up with next, I do highly recommend that you try and do it. We're already thinking of how we can make Fest NYC even better for next year so. Do stay tuned. A special thanks to Jeremy Rawlinson, who orchestrated all of our audio visual tech. And I do want to apologize to Ed, who made uh, some fine remarks to start the Fest NYC show touching upon the death of Queen Elizabeth II and its impact on Britain and the world. We missed most of that in the record, unfortunately, but trust me, Ed, Great guy, one of the best. So once again, thank you to all who attended Fest NYC and made it such a rousing success. It was a truly special day, and I personally was very humbled by how joyful and engaged this FPL community continues to be. All right, enough of that. Here's our chat and audience Q&A with the one and only Mark Southerns. Enjoy, hang in there, and Josh and I will speak with you next week hopefully with more Premier League matches on the horizon. Hail, cheaters.
0: i going to try and say hello to everyone, and also I'm going to try and not make you all when we play football later. Cheers. Yeah, at 11.
2: I just wanted to point out Gianni Batici here. He's going to be doing a quiz later on. But if you want to play football at 11, speak to our friend Gianni. Yeah, and
3: there's, there's nothing Brandon loves more than to say the name Gianni Batici. Gianni uh, Batici.
2: Over and over
4: every, again, right? Every
3: podcast, he gets the Gianni Batici <laughs> shout Well, I out feel like
2: I got the pronunciation down because mostly what we get are complaints about how we say Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough. <laughs> how would you say Middlesbrough?
4: Middlesbrough? You got it. You nailed it. <laughs> Absolutely nailed
2: it. <laughs> You'll never do it again. That was the one time you got it. So I'm, I'm Brandon. This is Josh from Always Cheating. Most people just came to see Mark Southerns, though. <laughs> lead scout, yeah. lead talent scout for Not M Forest. Yeah. And also the uh, founder of Fantasy Football Scout. And I want to talk to you a bit, Mark, about your time actually working for the Premier League. Yeah. I think just germane to what's going on right now, When you, you, you mentioned when you were actually at the Premier League, there was a contingency plan in place for exactly what happened this weekend.
4: Yeah, I, I remember three seasons ago there was a kind of a false alarm where word got out that there could be a, a, a death in the royal family and protocol was immediately readied, basically, and emails went out and we were warned about what the steps were going to be and there was it was inevitable that the matches would be off etc etc this happened on a friday friday morning when i got in Uh, that was you know that was a could be an eventuality and it got to the afternoon and it was obviously kind of revealed as okay it seems like it was false information stand down we're okay matches will go ahead right so when this happened i was um i was like well this is well practiced i know exactly what's going to happen here but it wasn't. It was like they kept us in suspense and for a little while I was like well maybe they're going to be on. So the
2: feeling there was you think the Premier League wanted to host the games this weekend.
4: I, I don't I mean I think it happened on a Thursday obviously rather than a Friday. So I guess if it, was the, if it was on the Friday it would have been definitely the matches would have been off. I guess the fact that it was 24 hours meant that there was perhaps an opportunity if other sports went along with that as well. And I think there must have been debates with the clubs obviously. The tweets went out about Gonna, there's not going to be a conclusive uh, order on this, it's going to be down to the clubs to decide. And then there was that immediate one response from the Premier League, so I don't know what went on. I personally think that they just decided, given that how much euphoria there is at matches, it's very difficult to have that against a backdrop of the country in mourning. Uh, and I, I, I guess I agree with that, but obviously
3: it's a loss. I mean, I'm, I'm more of an RB Leipzig versus yeah, of Fan anyway. So for me, this is this is the real uh, the real. Match well, that, the this was
2: my feeling that the crown must be reeling right now. That instead of watching an English product, we're now watching. Italy, Italy's league, Germany's league, right. the Spanish league. Are we
4: enjoying Timo Werner <laughs> again? Like, we had enough of that, surely. But
2: Now, yeah. the stick that always cheating could be beaten with is that we're Americans. What do we know about the Premier League? Uh, and, and here Mark is, a seasoned veteran, used to work on the game. You have many incredible FPL finishes. The shoe's on the other foot, my friend. Yeah. Now Josh and yeah. I have had pretty good starts to the FPL season what's relative
3: to yeah. me the rumors had a great How start does it feel so another we're doing well mark that's really oh, I don't
4: begrudge you doing well you guys deserve it I I, I don't mind other people doing well unless it's as of course but you know it's old Granville but yeah. no it, it's been a tough start for me there's a there's an older uh, um, Eric Morecambe sketch where he's trying to learn piano and he's like I'm not playing it wrong I'm just playing the right notes not necessarily in the right order yeah uh, and that's me and my fancy team. I'm making the good decisions just at the wrong times for well, those players. Right? And
2: Josh, you're fond of the tennis coach metaphor. Maybe this could help Mark, like explain yep. to him what his role is. <laughs> right. Now. It's not necessarily yeah. about the results, right? Sure.
3: I mean, if you go to the the Boletari Tennis Academy, like, and you're like a young 14-year-old, like, you understand that Nick Bollettieri is not a better tennis player than you are, right? But he understands how to explain how to get better, you know, yeah. in a way that a 14-year-old or whatever can't, you know, or a, a novice. Fantasy manager perhaps can on their own, you know. So yeah. Any, anyway, we're, I'm done making you feel better about your bad start <laughs> to the season. Yeah. Um, I, I actually want to go back, like, you know, all the way to the beginning, you know. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, your birth. No, no. I just yeah, yeah. The, the 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 start of uh, fantasy Football scout. I actually think is is really interesting because, you know, in America, uh, you know, I guess fantasy sports like really took off in the 1980s uh, with fantasy baseball. They called it rotisserie baseball in a lot of, um, a lot of cases. It actually started primarily in the 80s in New York among New York publishing people. I don't know if that's like well-known, but Dan- Daniel O'Krant and uh, a bunch of New York media types like just started this fantasy thing and then it really took off uh, from there. But I feel like in the UK, were you, I mean, I'm right in thinking you're kind of the first person to create like sort of semi-professional fantasy content for, you know. Yeah, I, it FPL. was a
4: weird one because I play, I'd played Fantasy League when it first came over to the national paper to on the, in the Telegraph, then I had like a 10-year hiatus and playing at all. I got a new job. I ran into Granville in this new job, and he was this football fan who thought he knew it all. And he said, Oh, well, if you think you know more than me, you should join our fantasy league. And that's how I got introduced to FBL. It had already been running a couple of seasons, and I okay. wasn't really aware of it. Okay. And then the minute I got involved in the FBL and had that rival, we were Granville, it, I got bitten by the bug. And I just, well, that Christmas just thought, you know, I, I used to be an online journalist, I, I knew how to build a website, I could write so i just went oh, you know i'm gonna get a blog out there and see how it does yeah. and i remember like traveling to work and celebrating getting a hundred visitors to the site and each week it was increasing and i was just amazed that there were people out there who were obsessed about fantasy football in the same way i
3: was yeah
4: and look where we are now like it's just yeah. crazy that yeah. we're doing events where we're meeting together the well, obsession is real right? and, I,
3: and i'm glad it was you that really helped get this thing taken off because i feel like your your approach still is to and it's something that Brent and i really try to do on our podcast as well which is the po- the podcast at its best should be about us just talking about how fun it is to do this right how fun it is to you know like in theory there's some advice we throw in there right but in general it should just be sort of a, a fun and interesting you know throughout and like no no complaining no sort of the infighting that you see on social media or whatever but i feel like
2: <laughs> make fantasy scow- fun josh yeah.
3: but the scout was always sort of Upbeat. I felt like you know. I mean, I think I think it still is, but the tonally in those early days, it really felt like some random person watched a game and wrote down a few thoughts afterwards. You know, yeah. it had the looseness to it that I really liked.
4: Yeah, I, I think I was careful when I was started writing content at the Scout not to tell people the answers because I didn't have them. Right. So I didn't want people thinking they can come to my website and read what I wrote to get the answer to the problem. It was always going to be our points and things out that I've seen, or the, the, the data shows, and you can take that and make what you want of that. Yeah. And it was similar on the scoutcast of Granville. It was always about our relationship and our rivalry. And if you gleaned a few ideas from what we said, that was great. That was a byproduct of what we wanted to do. It wasn't yeah. the goal, and yeah. and it still is my approach to that because. I, I think, think a, lot it's of very content,
3: difficult. a lot of content isn't like that
2: anymore, right? No, no. no. Yeah, a lot I
3: of, of content. I
2: have to ask, where is Granville?
3: Granville's beating
4: me, and he's top of the scout moderator. He's, he's the top scout content producer. So we've got a league of about 30, and as you can imagine, most of the managers in that are decent standard. He's top of that. So he's flying, absolutely flying. I try and avoid him, he works at the same company as me. I try and make sure I'm not in any meetings with him, and I try and go to lunch at a different time because if I run into him, it's unbearable. So, but, yeah. All
3: right. So you, so you create the scout; it starts to take off. You're, you're tracking the numbers. At what point does the Premier League reach out to you and, you know, ask for? I mean, I, I don't. Really, I don't think I've ever fully understood how integrated the two were. But I mean, I, I feel like there was a time when you were really, when the scout and the Premier League, like the official game, were working very closely yeah. together.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, originally, the site had been up for about three seasons, and they had a, a column called The Pundit, which was meant to be their kind of tips article, one a week. Yep. And uh, the guy who did that was, was too busy all of a sudden, so they got in touch with me as like this established website and said, would you like to write this article for us once a week? Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's fine, a few hundred quid, oh, that was great, extra bit of... Good branding. Yeah, brand yeah. it helps in those <laughs> days, right? Yeah. So um, it was great. So I did that. and then season by season they were just like actually we think we need to do a bit more would you be able to do two articles would you be able to do this and Yeah, it just grew to the point where suddenly one year I was They took me to a Fulham game. I think it was and I was in the pub with them beforehand And they said we want to hire you and two of your guys and You're gonna work for us full-time and you're gonna do all our content and yeah Here's a contract, and it was like, whoa, what's going on? I had to leave my job, and obviously yeah. couldn't turn down that opportunity. So did you massive. sell?
3: Did you sell Scout? Is that what happened? I did eventually
4: yeah. because, like, the oh, running your own business whilst doing the contract with the Premier League, uh, I I forgot the names of my kids, and right. you know what I mean. It's yep. like, yep. it's it's just absorbed all of my life, and I found made the decision that I had to take a step back. And I fancy wasn't fun for me that at that point. It was all about paying for the roof over my head and it took yeah. a different twist yeah. and i prefer it now sitting here playing fancy for fun i'd much prefer that
2: so you'll remember when fifa had a pr issue and they decided to hire tim roth to star <laughs> as Seth bladder in a movie about the glory that was fifa i'm now writing a screenplay in my head of the story of mark southerns <laughs> and this could be great pr for the game we were talking last night mark about how could FPL be more popular around the world. I mean, we're here in America playing England's game. What do you th- What do you think needs to England's happen game. to get well? I said England's game. England's <laughs> game. So it's the world's game. Um, what could happen to make FPL even more popular at this point? I think it's
4: very difficult because I think there's a clear split between like people who take the game to the level of obsession that we do and people who are new to the game and want to have all the best players and all the best teams. And I think this season, more than any other, we've seen that divide widen mm-hmm. um, because you know, we've, I've been speaking to a few managers this morning and a lot of us have got a team made up of the top six players from the top six, and we've never been able to do that before. And it kind of, like for us, that's not the magic of fantasy. You want to find those players in the more niche clubs and you want to find those diamonds in the rough kind of thing and that's been not taken from us but it's obvious that we shouldn't go with that strategy really when you can buy players from big clubs so i think this could be a turning point where the fpl have made this call to grow the game in that respect but will the content creators go with that it's going to be really is, interesting i know that's uh,
3: you know i feel like we're like really due for a, a live golf style you know takeover not necessarily takeover but just you know live golf sort of pops up pga tour you know loses
2: are you saying we could get like Charles Barkley money for what we're doing? Yeah, with, yeah that's uh, exactly what I'm saying.
3: That'd be interesting, yeah. right. If somebody said, "Hey, we're going to start a live go- the, you know, we're going to start a live golf style fantasy game. Uh, do you want to give it a shot?" I think that'd be kind of interesting. You know, I mean, I, cuz I, I feel like, you know, fantasy draft has a lot of potential that hasn't really been tapped into. yet. there's a, there's a good version of Premier League fantasy draft out there. I don't think that I know some people like Fantrax and I just like I haven't I, to me I haven't clicked with one yet, and I feel like that's still that's still waiting there, but I, I, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, what what you're talking about right now, which is it's it's very easy for everyone to have Holland and Sala and all these, Trent, all these players, and it sort of, it means you ultimately have a very similar team to everybody else, uh because it's kind of it's just so optimal to have oh don't use that word i know i know i know know. (laughs) but i I, you know you had mentioned um i think you can talk about this that you were involved in setting prices several years ago um and do you like have any strong memories of like Bumping someone's price up a million, or, you know, like I said, this, you know, I don't know, Leighton Baines needs to be eight million this season. Or, you know,
4: yeah, I, like I mean, the, the process we used to go through was like ISM, who make the game, made an initial price list, and then it went out to two or three, four, or five people. I was one of those people who reviewed it, and then we'd all go back for our feedback. Then that that the kind of first draft list went into the game and they launched an early version of the game that we could start picking teams with. And then once we picked a few squads, we could tell if we got the balance of the pricing right or not. I don't know if they've done that again since, Yeah. but looking at the prices this
3: season... They didn't ask me and Brandon.
4: No, yeah. <laughs> they're not all me. So looking at the prices this season, their intentions have been different. It's not It's not about challenging the player to make the squad up. It's about giving the player the option to... Have all the best players if they want them, not all the best, but a lot of them. Yeah, and that has changed the game for us, hasn't it? As people yeah. who play it to the level we do, so we've got to change and adapt, maybe, and adapt our content, or yeah. perhaps there's room for another game or I, another yeah. version of FPL.
3: It's, a, it's another game, or it's it's breaking the like the tyranny of overall rank, you know, and the idea that like that's that's super important. And I I just don't think it's ultimately that satisfying to chase that, especially anybody who's had a Really good season knows it's, it's it's it doesn't really matter that much. It's really about how you do in your mini leagues. You know, it's it's the, it's your the fifteen person league of your great friends that you kind of got you into the fantasy. That that's that's still what I care about the most, yeah. as Brandon. Is our where's that you where's I where's JMO?
2: Uh, JMO FPL JMO. Who is shout out to Spitch, uh, sponsors of uh, Fest UK. JMO is a lucky winner, uh, f- a free trip to states. We were talking last night about you, you asked, what's the deal with draft? Like how does one actually win draft because you're not competing against the entire field? The the thing that makes NFL fantasy so popular is every weekend it's a head to head against somebody else. So your season is never can't be over right out of the gate. There's always the next weekend and I think you see a lot of people uh, stop playing FPL because after the month, the first month, they're like, "Well, I'm having a terrible season, and I can't continue on for another thirty-four game weeks." Right. Where are you, at? Mark? Do you I'm feel not like you've got a this? tough start? <laughs> I'm, not,
4: I'm not quite there yet. Although by the minute, it's feeling like no, no, no. It's fine. I, I, I think. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like I, I still want to play the the game in a traditional way, which is mini league rivalry, right? But it has become much more about overall rank, and I. And I still try and play that game in that way as well. Like I've often said that what I do is I try and... I don't set a, a rank target. I'll, set, I'll identify someone in my mini-league, unbeknownst to them, that I'm chasing. And then we'll try and catch them. And in the process of doing that, my rank should increase. It's, it's how you I might w-
2: like win a marathon, I would suspect. You just pick the runner right in front of you, catch up to them, and then you set your targets on the next person. That makes perfect sense.
4: Yeah, and, and it's the way I've always played uh, fantasy because I've always wanted to be in a league and chase people above me. So by playing in that way, it's harking back to that way of playing. Yeah, but, but it's, it's got to it's be eight
3: people not... You can't see it as I've got a top 890,000 people, right? It's... Find eight people to yeah, in, in, a, in a mini league to, to yeah, jump and over. Then,
4: right? But the thing is, as well, obviously the pressure is on content creators to earn credibility by getting those top ten k finishes. Yeah. So if anything, I've created that monster now that people are wow. working to through your own success. So I take wow. the, yeah. well through, through the content, yeah, through the yeah, content, right? Yeah. So because there's so much out there, and you know everyone who's creating content wants to be seen as someone who's credible. Yeah. And They think that one of the better ways of doing that is to have regular top 10k finishes So it's meant that perhaps there's a lot of people playing in the same way and following the same trends yeah, right? What do you
3: like what is the, uh, the? Like the sort of analytics FC right this sort of idea like a, the analytical takeover of fan Which is not uncommon to uh, Premier League fantasy at all I mean, it's very uh, you know anyone who plays NFL or, or other fantasy games like there's a lot of, a lot of data out there now you know, uh, but do you think like how do you think that evolves? Like, do you think that we're at the we're at peak analytics right now, or it's just going to keep getting like further and further? Yeah, you know, I, I in, guess. In
4: the I guess the models are getting better all the time, and they're trying to integrate more and more variables into it. And they're amazing things. I like, like rate right, my team. I that was one of the first models that was designed, and Chris Atkinson who built that. I got that integrated into Scout, and so I'm very much behind using models as another voice when you make your decisions. But what I don't like about the current trend is that there's a, you know, there's a following who consider that what the model suggests as the solution, the right answer. Right. And if you go against that, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And that's a very different way it of just it. just goes
3: back to us being old people who want people to be nicer on Twitter. right? Yeah, that's what it comes exactly. down to. Yeah. Use your models. Just don't be a jerk about it. Just be well, kind. Right? <laughs> and we, yeah. want, we
2: want our opinion to matter because we're out there... Tr- well, that, that might be putting it uh, too strongly, but it's fun to have opinions about which players you ought to get or not get just based on other things other than numbers. That's part, part of being a sports fan It's like, well I see this player and I like them. I would like to I'd like to be more involved with them.
3: I'd like to like to see them more closely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so let's
2: let's should we talk about actual teams in the Premier League this season?
3: Well, I, uh. I wanted to talk a little bit more <laughs> I, I just want to stay for okay. a second because yeah. You know, I, I think I think you're right to say that, you know, what, what happens a lot is you get to um, a month into the season and you're $3 million overall, and you're like, oh, God, like, this season's like a shot. Or uh, what happens sometimes is you travel with your family during the holidays, and there's five game weeks, and there are times when a deadline hits while a match is still happening, right? That's, like, a very common thing. And some people are just like, I just couldn't do it, you know? And so I, I do think, like, this is, like, the, the point I hit all the time. I don't know if you agree with me or not on this, but a, a point I, I, I try to hit all the time is, like, start... Head-to-head leagues with your friends. Start second-half leagues. Start. You can start a brand new fantasy league that kicks off in game week eight. Right? Like, there's no nothing stopping you from doing that. And I feel like people maybe get a little too caught up in the idea that it's got to be a game week one to game week thirty-eight season. And I, I feel like that—that's what I'm. If the game isn't going to change that much, and I don't have a lot of faith that it is, it's like we have to change the way that we keep score.
4: Yeah, we we've got to adapt the way we play and the way we judge success or, or and get joy from the game, right? right. Um, you know, I, I think social media has, has, has had a lot to do with how we've got to where we are as well, and that's what I'm. Ge- well, you know, I think you're absolutely right about. It. You want your opinion to be, you want it to be heard and, and to- at least tolerated. You don't want your opinion to be written off immediately because a model says that it's wrong. Uh, you you don't mind people saying, oh, I don't, I don't agree with you, and you want to. Argue. People said
2: I was wrong about Odegaard all last season. Well, there and you dead. go.
4: <laughs> and if you picked Odegaard over Jesus this season, people would have said. You're mad. Yeah, you
2: are. Yeah, yeah. But but it does bear out. Sometimes just being a fan can actually bear fruit, which is yeah. the beauty of uh, FPL in a way.
3: Brandon, I think I should take the mic around and do some audience questions in a second here. Uh, okay. But I think. But first, I, I found out last night that you are not actually from uh, from Nottingham or no. Na- Nottingham or right, just something. call it Forest, Josh. Don't, forest. <laughs> don't call
4: it Knott's. Right, Knott's okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I know it's
3: like Knott's County. It's a so, how did you become a Forest supporter? What where, where is that? Uh,
4: okay, so I was originally an Arsenal supporter uh, okay. from the age of about five, only because someone, I don't know who, had bought me an Arsenal mug, and it, it was just there, and so I, I, I support Arsenal, and I've got red everything, I mean, everything was in red in my room because of that. And then one, one, uh, one evening, my mum used to wash my hair with the mug, used to, and she dropped it, smashed it. My dad was a Fulham fan, and he said, well, that's it, you can't support Arsenal anymore. You to choose a new team. And I said, well, they've got to wear red. And he said, well, you've got two choices, Liverpool or Forest. I went Forest because of the badge, basically. Ah. It's
2: a great badge. The Fulham, <laughs> the Fulham crest is crap at the moment. It's pretty basic. Yeah, and obviously... You I've also have two stars on your badge, yeah, which is we, great. Yeah, we got
4: our European Cups in early, right? But since, Inter-Toto Cup, thank yeah, you very much. Simod Cup, what a final that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's been a rough ride the last 23 years, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's
2: good. All right, well, I see a few kits out in the crowd, so uh, maybe we'll, we'll, get, we'll get the team talk going that way. First off, Manchester United right here. I mean, this is a team that we want to talk about. I feel like you're
3: like a comedian doing crowd work right now, the way you're like walking <laughs> in. Does anyone have any questions for Mark? If so, um, yeah, come we'll, on raise up your and hand,
2: and Brandon will uh, walk over and hand you the mic. We've got questions. We've got questions who's going to be the first very shy people
3: (laughs) everyone sure yeah
2: all right Ron Renata Renata who is a Spurs fan wants to know where are we at with Mo Salah
4: yeah, well, there you go. It's like I, I got rid of Salah from the start and then went back on it. And now I'm, I'm, I'm very much in a camp where he's going. He's going again for me. I mean, my my wild card is ridiculous. I played a wild card three game weeks ago, got Salah in, got Jesus in. They're probably going to go now, three weeks later. Yeah. I, I think I think what my hunch on Salah is, is kind of, you, we can see it, right? We can see he's playing differently in that team. And that team are out of confidence. But also, his role seems to be one of almost as much of a provider as a scorer goals now. And that's not what we want from 13 million. And also the, the captaincy on Haaland, it changes everything. I mean, it's very, very risky now to look beyond Haaland as your captain. So when you've got 13 million in midfield, it's, yeah, there's no need to go there now. I think you, if you want Liverpool cover, you can go Diaz, you can have Trent. But do we want Liverpool cover at the moment? Probably not.
3: No. Yeah, across the board, it's crazy, right? There's yeah. maybe no players you'd want to live. Like if you were wild carding right now, you know, it's actually we might be in a scenario next week where they resume some fixtures, but they don't play the London fixtures because of the uh, you know procession that might take place, uh, or you know whatever the exact wording is, um, you know, and funeral, um, and Liverpool play Chelsea, right? So there's a there's a there's a possibility if you still have your wild card that you could wild card into a team that kind of optimizes for Game Week 8 and yeah. sort of covers you because we know in Game Week, is it 15 when we have the World Cup break or 16? 16, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not that long. You're not putting yourself in a spot where you're going to be totally caught short You know, if you want to bring Salah back in. It's eight weeks. No,
4: and it's a good bet you're going to go for De Bruyne if you do that, and then right. it's not too much of a reach to go back to Salah if you really have to. Yep. Uh, and equally, Cancelo, you can have that as a placeholder of a trend if you want to downgrade... Cancello, you yep. can go. That. So, it, it, I I see. You know if you've got your wildcard active at the moment, you've got you've got an advantage, right? Because yeah. if game week a is going to be cut apart and there's going to be some fixtures, oh, the it's going to be great. The
3: game week two, three, four, five, and six wild carders are screwed. Oh <laughs> yeah,
4: I'm I'm feeling it already. Yeah, I'm right. feeling I'm feeling the envy already. But you know, for many reasons. But
2: all right, we've got another question from a Chelsea supporter, uh, Nasca. Yeah, come on, get on the mic. So no, it's, for, it's for you guys. Oh, it's for always cheating. Are you ready, uh-huh. Josh? Oh, NASCA flew up from Atlanta. Apparently, it's too cold for you here, right? So, so, so my question is,
0: I've always, a to, I've always wanted a reason to fly around the country and see uh, how this, uh, this great country is. I want to ask you both,
2: when are we having this next and where? Wow, we are. This event is such a hit. We're already getting questions about when is it happening again and where. Yeah. oh well, how
3: many more aging royals are there? You know, I feel like that's what I need to sort <laughs> yeah. out first. Yeah. Uh, how
2: old? How old is King Charles? Can anybody? <laughs> Wait. Seventy-four. Ed says. Yeah. All right. So that, that would be
4: very yeah. unlucky if our next one was. <laughs> <laughs> it happens twice.
2: It's like who who lasts longer, the Manchester United manager or the next uh, uh, monarch? Uh, that that is the great bet that we might want to. Uh, yeah. Careful. What do you think? Where Where in the country would you would do you think that we we need to go to? <laughs> we need to go to Atlanta. Yeah. The South <laughs> is the South has a great soccer. I feel scene. like the,
3: the Pacific Northwest. I mean, especially with, with MLS, like Portland, Seattle, those are major football hubs.
2: Yeah. The, the Timbers versus Sounders has bred a pretty good pretty good culture out there for for football.
3: Well, let's see. Are there any more questions from Mark? Any uh, questions out there?
2: Yeah. UEFA Champions League football is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams, and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona, and more in football's biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Jeff, Liverpool supporter coming all the way from London Fest. Uh. <laughs> not not like last night, but. Yeah, no. Nah. Um, I was wondering, when do you think now, given that we might not have Premier League till the 1st of October, when do you think now is the best time to wildcard? Because I feel like a lot of people are going to have two free transfers come game week nine, so the wildcard doesn't make sense. So what do you think is like now the optimal way?
4: It's kind of tricky. I think like, I wouldn't wildcard at the moment in, in this period because there's a possibility you might want to use the free hit in Game Week 8 because if Game Week 8 is a partial Game Week, the free hit might be the time, might be right for that, that chip. So you don't want to have the wildcard active to block that. So I would definitely sit still on the wildcard for now. I mean the optimum is if you, you've already activated it really. but. I, I think I think the um, yeah game week eight. When are we going to know about that? Really, that's the difficulty because the debate is obviously the games in London because the police in are in doubt. But I think they're going to bring police from all over the country, so it's possible that all the game week could be off. And sitting here now without a wild card, I hope that's the case. To be honest, but yeah, I, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't play it now. I think I'd I'd consider you know will I use the free hit for game week eight given how the fixtures it could be. Cut in half, but we'll see. Uh, so,
3: question
2: behind us there. Heather, yeah, step on up, Heather.
4: Hi. What do you think of some of the new signing, Isaac for Newcastle, and Anthony for United? Sorry, I, I missed that.
2: What was that? Sorry. Anthony for uh, Manchester United yeah. or Isaac for Newcastle? Who's the better signing?
4: Yeah, I. I, I mean, Anthony. Anthony looks a, a very kind of pleasurable player to watch, in terms of fantasy returns. I would go Isaac. I think that, I mean, I, I, the difficulty with Isaac is where does Callum Wilson fit in when he comes back? And there's always that in the back of our minds, but the, Callum Wilson's fitness is always a concern, isn't it? And Isaac looks like he's settled very well.
3: The truth the truth is better served on the bench. I yeah. Think. yeah. Yeah.
4: So I think Isaac would be the way I'd go there out of those two players. I think Anthony, can he return on a regular basis? We'll have to see. I, I, I still have my doubts, even though he had the good start.
2: I don't remember seeing too much of Isak before he came to Newcastle, but watching him in just a few matches, the way he's on the ball reminds me of Mishu when he was on Swansea. That's kind of crazy. We're, we're
4: always looking for someone uh, to yeah, look we, like We love Isak, him, right? I'm sorry,
2: Ed, if Isak is a one season wonder, I can deal with that. I, I can deal with that. I can see value. All right, who else? All right, Craig, Craig, lead supporter. All right, what do you got? So come on, get, get up here and uh, speak into the microphone. <laughs>
3: I don't really expect an answer but more of a debate in terms of is there no reason why the Premier League because they're reasonably lax in the terms of the game weeks like midweek we've got Champions League obviously but all these teams that aren't in the Champions League could generally play midweek is that an option and if not rather than condensing uh, or making double game weeks and things could we not extend the season into June do you think
4: I just can't. I mean, it's possible. I I, I think that, I mean, they, they could certainly have non, you know, the, the teams that aren't in Europe, they could set up fixtures for some of those midweeks. But I think in the past, there's been issues with having league fixtures during European fixture weeks. So you think you have to get dispensation from UEFA to do that. But it has been done in the past, so they have had, had done that. I mean, I think the, the first protocol that everyone's presuming is going to happen is that they'll cancel... FA Cup replays, which will give them two midweeks in the new year to bump these game weeks too. And I think that will be the first option because I think if you ask the clubs anyway, would you like FA Cup replays ruled out? They'd say yes regardless. So I think that's their first move. But yeah, they can do what you suggested. They can go to UEFA and go, we want to play league games during European midweeks. And given how condensed it is, I think they'd probably be given the right to do that. Extending the season, I think that's tough to see because the logistics of doing that um, with, with the clubs, I don't know if they'd, they'd be keen to, to extend it given that they have a lot of commercial commitments in the pre-season like tours of, you know, of Asia and so on uh, and whether it would put some of those at risk because if it did, they're, they're important things for the Premier League and extending the global reach. So it really would depend on the impact on those kind of events as well.
3: Uh, Brian, I think you had a question.
2: Brian, come on up. Fellow Fulham supporter. All right.
3: Yeah, just a question, like more about your philosophy. Like, how much patience do you show from a strategic perspective? I'm thinking myself specifically around five at the back, and I'm still clinging to it desperately because I really, really think that's the right decision, and it's really not the right decision, right? How much patience do you show, and how do you decide that like, at that point where you're just going to, like, you know what, I was wrong? I got to get out of this and go to this other thing. Like, what's the trigger in your head? Like, how do you get to that sort of pivot?
4: Yeah, I mean that's very difficult. It, it has seemed to be um, that. I mean, I started with only four at the back, but very strong four. Like, I spent a lot of money there, and I've since downgraded Cancelo to Walker because City look like they are giving up some ground and giving up some opportunities to teams. I think from what I'm seeing, a, a lot of teams have that goal threat in them now. There aren't there aren't many teams that these big the top six will play, where there isn't a, a threat to their to their clean sheet, more so than most seasons, I think. Um, so I do think what we've seen is enough evidence already for us to flush that money out, particularly with the three forwards, because we didn't expect to be sitting here debating which of six or seven strikers would we have in our teams, when last season we were struggling to find two, um, whereas I think now, because the trend is towards the front three, and I think very much it is, it means, you know, we, we can't, you know, I think we've got to get that money out of the back line to do that, to achieve that.
2: Somebody somebody buy Brian a drink, by the way. My condolences for bouncing out of the last cheater standing league of the always cheating <laughs> yeah. Patreon. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Proven doesn't work. We've got another question. You had anything you wanted to say on well, that, Josh? I, I just,
3: you know, I there was something about Brian's question. I think is kind of interesting, which is something I think about a lot, which is whether... Um, people have like a personal style that they play with and whether um like for me i just don't really enjoy playing like four or five at the back it's not where i'm inclined to go and so i am always going to be looking for an excuse out of it and it makes me wonder if i should ever even try four or five at the back because i can't commit to it you know like just as a philosophically for me it doesn't it's not my style you know and so do you feel like you have like a I don't know, like a, maybe philosophy is like too strong of a word, but like, you know, like sort of an approach that you have even before you know the players and the prices, you know, like this is how I want to play this year.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm like you, because there's nothing worse than clinging to defenders to save your game week and then seeing the clean sheet just...
3: Five minutes in. Oh, yeah.
4: it's just awful. Uh, so I think what we've seen though in recent season are those defenders in good teams that offer really strong attacking potential. And then at least when that happens, you think, well, they could still get an assist, they could still get a right. goal. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's not happening, is it? It's not happening for Trent. Cancelo still playing brilliantly, but in a different role. And then perhaps yeah. there's still some debate about that. So I think not only are we seeing these teams concede goals more regularly, we're seeing the attacking potential of the likes of Trent and Cancelo perhaps tweaked a bit this season. Yeah. And you put those two together, and I agree with you. I think now I don't want that. I, I want to get as many attackers in my team as possible because yeah. that's... That's more fun, isn't it? I know. Literally, there's that word again, it's a, it's right? A, it's a, it's <laughs> in
3: the contrast because you see someone like Salah or Kachala, and they have 200 plus points, and they cost seven million, right? They're five million cheaper than than Salah or KDB, and you're like, well, I probably should. I should have these players because yeah. the value is better, but it, it doesn't work somehow, you know? No, yeah.
4: no, it doesn't. And I think I, I've always wanted to find value in the midfield because they're like they're the guys that can get you those double-figure returns. Out of nowhere, and you yeah. know, I'm, you know I, I got this. I picked this player out based on some That's, of the yeah. data, or whatever, and they're, they're the most rewarding returns you get. Whereas, I don't know. I mean, like, everyone knows the go-tos in defence. It's the Trent, It's Cancelo It's Reece yeah. James. You're not unearthing any kind of hidden gem there, are you? And, yeah. I mean, yeah. Perisic is perhaps the only one where yeah, you know, it's he's like, splitting it, people. He's isn't only played he?
2: like
3: 90. 90- Five minutes total, but it feels like every time he's out there, he's a massive threat. And exactly. Massive yeah.
2: So I might keep wait and for the see, right, Josh? Wait but, and see wait on this. Wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We've got a question from Amar, all the way from Norway. Welcome.
4: Thank you. Um, so I've got a question. Um, so I really like the uh, fan- uh, the always cheating mantras of uh, making fantasy fun again, and also tabula rasa. Um, and with this season, uh, there's there's obviously a strong template like there's always been, but Seeing the double Liverpool defense blank, seeing the double Chelsea and the double City defense blank, Salah not performing, for me, making fantasy fun again is about tinkering and making my own choices. So is this the season where you can actually make those choices yourself rather than following the pack or do we still need to follow the pack? Well I mean I'd like to think it is right and I I started the season exactly like that by not going Salah not going with Jesus and I like you know we're six weeks in and I think if you ask many of us now with a wild card and you probably would go about Salah and Jesus except I just did it at the start so I started the season with the hope that this was a season exactly as you describe, where we can be a bit more individual and free thinking but Sadly, the template started off very strongly, and I've suffered as a result of that. But I'm not giving up on that. I I, I do think there still could be a turnaround in that, particularly with the fixture swing that we're seeing. You know, teams like Fulham and even Bournemouth and Forest have got better fixtures, so if you wanted to take a risk on one of the players from one of those teams, you could. Newcastle, with Trippier, and and Isaac. So there are, and Bowen hasn't even started yet. Sterling, these are players that are quality players but haven't yet produced... But there's no reason to say that can't happen overnight, and maybe it will after the break. So I'm still hopeful it can morph into one of those seasons where individuality can win out, but we'll see.
3: And again, this is where, like, create a league with four people, you know? If you have a league with four to nine people, or 12, or whatever, then you can do a Make Fantasy Fun Again approach, and it might actually work, right? It's, it's, the problem is when you do this, and you know it doesn't work out one game week and 800,000 people jump you because we all have this idea that overall rank is important and i just feel like i mean i don't know it's just like it's even just talking to you yesterday i'm just thinking more and more but i we just need to get away from it <laughs> it's just not like it's a fun way to keep score like yeah if you have a you know if you finish 2000 overall out of 10 million people it's obviously an incredible accomplishment but it's just a source of incredible misery a lot of the time, you know? It's like, oh, I got this, you know, I captain the wrong guy, and now I'm 2.9 million overall. Not going to win the game this year. But, you know, if you have a mini league of eight people, that's fine, right? I mean, I look at my mini leagues right now. I'm 12 spots back in some. I'm four ahead in another. And, you know, and so I think if you can, if you can shrink down the pool of people that you're competing against, it's a lot easier to have fun playing.
4: I tell you what, Josh, the best way of dismissing rank as important is to have a rank of 6.5 million. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's absolutely liberating. <laughs> is that where you are right you now? should try it. I like, <laughs> no, Honestly, that, this season for me, it, it has changed my perspective because I look at it from where I am now and I'm like, I don't really care about the rank because it, it yeah. can only get better, right? And, right. and so, There's therefore, no yeah, I'll exactly. I'll be so, it has actually been quite liberating and allowed me to go. You know, I can play with a bit of freedom because it probably can't get much worse. So what's yeah. that? What the heck anyway?
2: Yeah. We talk about this a lot, Mark, uh, usually at the midway point of the season. What's your revised goal for the season? You have a better idea. I mean, it's hard to know right now where you are at, uh, it, with your rank, what your season looks like come January. But how have you sort of reset what your goals are for a good season? And also, like, has your idea of what is a good season changed? over the last three years?
4: Yeah, I guess it has to. Like 10 million players, right? So this season, I'll probably look at it and go, if I can not get my worst finish ever, which is like 180,000, that will be amazing, right, from where I am now. I think that would be an achievement. And I think I've got to be happy with that, really. You've got to change your goals as you go. Obviously, I start every season going, well, I, I want a three-digit rank, right? That's what I try and go for. But, yeah, where I am now, that's not That's epic, not right by it. the way.
2: Sorry? That's epic, by the way, your yeah. goal being a three-digit well, rank. And we all know you're going to
3: rig the game. You I'll know, try, but, I'll yeah, do everything, exactly.
4: yeah. But I, mean, I, think, I think we have to reassess our goals, given the volume of players in the game now. And also, it's harder, because to gain ground, you, you've got to do something kind of outlandish and get lucky with it, right? And, and obviously, the stronger the template, the less inclined you are to do that. So the, the challenge of gaining rank is actually getting st- harder every season. So I think like a, a top 100k finish is a lot is a lot better finish than it used to be three or four yeah, seasons. Welcome back
2: to Earth. More, right? Welcome back to Earth, Mark. Where five digits is the th- the real three digit target. I think that's for me anyway. Sorry, Josh. What were you saying? Oh no, I was just
3: kidding. we have to normalize top 100k as something that's really. I mean, at this point, with more than 10 million managers, that's what top. What is that? Top one percent? If you finish in the top 100k. So yeah. Yeah, but also I, I think
4: yeah. my goal is to beat As. Going back to what well, you are saying, right? Yeah, like, it lines, should be right. that. Right? Find yeah. Yeah. someone.
3: That. Nothing makes me happier than to outscore Brandon, even in one game week. <laughs> and, you know? and also, yeah. any one game week to yeah. beat my ten-year-old yeah. son as well. Oh <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm gonna get my five-year-old. I think they're. I think they're coming later, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna get them into the world. Should we do like uh, maybe like one or two more? questions? One or
2: two more questions. Is it Saad? Yeah, yeah welcome. Thank you. Where? Continuing on the defense, where are we on the Chelsea defense and specifically Reese James? Because I see the hall potential definitely going forward, but the defense has been ropey and I'm not sure Mendy is the best keeper as well. So where are we there? Well, I, I think I,
4: one thing I, I, I look at with Potter is the area of the team that he's going to improve first, I think, p- should be the defense because it's probably the easiest you can address early on with organisation and structure and, and the way of playing. So I think he will start at the back. So I look at that and think, if Potter's going to have an impact in the next six weeks, six game weeks, it'll be defensively. So I'm, I'm happy to sit on Reese James. Uh, what, he, what he'll do with him, he might end up at right centre-back and he could end up playing like Loftus-Cheek or, or Pulisic out on a right wing-back, right? So it remains to be seen. He's done some very odd things with his wing-backs at Brighton, so we can't presume that Reese is going to end up right wing-back at all. He should, given what he offers. really
3: should. Yeah,
4: so we'd hope so. So I, I think it's a hold on Chelsea defense, given that Potter should re- hit that area first when it comes to improving them.
2: Speaking of Chelsea, we've got a Chelsea porter here. John, what's up?
3: Hey, uh, thank you guys for being here. Quick question about Holland. Do you predict he's going to break the Premier League goal-scoring record of 34? And second question is about uh, Up-and-coming content creators, you guys are obviously uh, pretty established. But what would guidance be for anyone breaking in and trying to, you know, make a, make a make a pipsqueak in the FPL community?
2: I think I think you're welcome, John. And I think that was a diss on Holland for suggesting 34 was going to be the ceiling for him because it's probably more like 50 at this point, right?
3: <laughs> 40, I think, <laughs> is in play for sure.
2: Yeah, what do you think, Mark, on Holland? How high is the ceiling?
4: Well, it's it's how many matches does he get? How many does he get injuries? And and I think City are mindful of that. You can tell by the way they're managing his minutes. So I think when the Champions League intensifies in terms of them getting deeper into the competition, I don't think there's much doubt they will. That's when we might see him miss more matches, either for injury or rest. But I I still think... Yeah, thirty goals is reachable, right? In
3: the uh, Premier League, thirty for it's sure. Be, yeah, yeah I, 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 you know, if he gets close enough, then he'll play him more, just just so we can get it, right? I think, you know, at yeah. at least till uh, thirty minutes. A, a match he might have missed all of, he'll come on for thirty minutes, right? Just to see if he can. Uh, it's like what happened with Sun last season, right? Where they just gave him a ton of chances at the end. Yeah, uh,
4: and I kind of think it's academic. Anyway, while he's fit, we're going to own him, right? We're, we're not going to worry about the total. We're just going to own him, and we yeah. know it's good. he. He's more or less going to be our captain if we can be eighty percent certain he's going to start a game. We're going to captain him at the moment. Yeah. Maybe the landscape will change.
3: As as far as the content
2: question goes, um, I, I have a couple of
3: thoughts on this.
2: Uh, oh my God, a couple of thoughts. There we go. I, get, I mean, I could literally
3: <laughs> you could corner me afterwards. I could talk about this for three hours. Like I have so many, so many. I saw you. This.
2: I watched you give a lecture to some business students on you this did, very. I quick. have an
3: actual PowerPoint <laughs> lecture that I gave on growing, uh, <laughs> growing uh, content. Um, two things. Uh, one is uh, actually three things. One is consistency. You really want to come out at the exact same time, the exact same week, because people need to know what they're gonna. They need to know who, you know what they're gonna get from you, and when they're gonna get it. And I think a lot of podcasts pay too much attention to the fixtures. You know, Brendan and I used to do this. We record on a Monday night if there was a big match on Monday, and we'd record on a Tuesday, you know, if there's a double game week, or, you know, like, we'd, if there was a midweek fixtures, we'd uh, wait until Wednesday night to record, and then at some point, we're like, the always cheating podcast comes out on Monday morning, just flat out. That's when it comes out, and everybody knows that, and that's what people constantly say. It's like, well, I know on Monday I'm going to get this podcast, and so, you know, it's like finding, like, a date or a time that's just yours, you know, I think is really important. I also think having... Um, some kind of angle, you know, um, just some kind of unique perspective. It doesn't need to be data. I feel like everyone right now is doing this content. It's either like five guys hanging out like in one friend's apartment, (laughs) or it's like, here's, I've analyzed every single piece of data, and here's, you know, and it's like, Two and a half hour pods, you know, where they're just like going through. Hey, what's wrong with that? <laughs> that, like that? Yeah, wow, yeah. Fun. Yeah, but I, uh,
2: well, I think we've got three people up here who love going long.
3: But I'm just saying, there's a lot of there's a lot of both of those, you know. So is there like some other angle, you know, that you can that you can find? And you know, Brendan and I thought about this a couple years. You, know, you make fantasy fun again. What, I mean, it's not only something that I really genuinely believe in, but it was also something that was like, well, we don't want to be the data pod. We want to be a pod that's more about the fun of watching fantasy. You know, having your don't having your own team. Um, I think the third thing is you have to be incredibly careful about who you pick to create content with, and the smaller the group, the better. Because you know, if you if you have like three or four guys, I mean, I, I, there's a there's a you know really good fantasy podcast called Fantasy Football Surgery that, you know, they were just it was like a big group of people, and it was like they were constantly. Just like shuffling in and out, you know, and it's just sort of like there's a, you know, I used to love uh, the football ramble, you know, and I just loved it was like the same people every time, and now they're obviously they've they've blown up and kind of done their own thing, and I'm not going to disparage them, but I miss the old group. Yeah, you know? we we like, saw
2: the football ramble made the trip across the pond to Brooklyn, yeah. and we loved seeing them live. So, but yeah, it, it's hard when things change. But speaking of like who you choose to do things with. Mark, you're in such a great groove with Az right now on FPL Black Box, which we listen to weekly. It's a great show. and I feel like you uh, like, stepped away from FPL for a while and then finding that chemistry with Az p- was probably a huge help for you to get back into the content creation game.
4: Yeah, and, and I think that goes back to one of the points that I would say that's important when you're looking at creating content. It's gotta be sustainable. And the best way of making it sustainable is making it fun to do, and you, you've got to enjoy doing it. Right. Because when you have a bad game week, you don't want to see it as a chore to get yeah. behind the mic or on camera and do content, do you? You've yeah. got you've yeah. got to enjoy being there and doing that. And often, I, you know, last season, I actually enjoyed doing the podcast and the stream more than the actual playing FBL at yeah. times. Yeah. And so why, with me and Az, I, I, I was looking for way back in. And I just happened to notice that ads had done like a pilot for something, and I, I thought about the people that I would want to work with. Right, I want to share that time and that experience of playing FBL together with. And it's not everybody, because everyone's got different approaches and different attitudes. You've got to be able to have that relationship where you can, you can, you can take, you can pick on each other, and they accept it in a way that's in the spirit of what you're doing, and they don't take offence, and there isn't a bad vibe going on. And that's what I've got with Az, and I knew I'd have that because I'd worked with him before. So that's why yeah. I made that move, and that, I, I hope that's one of the reasons why it works, and right?
3: Yes. Specific to that question, I'm curious. I, I was just thinking as you were talking about what I would, like, what, niche, what niches are out there that I don't think are being exploited enough? And I don't like there was a podcast uh, called the Gaffer Tapes. You remember that podcast? Yeah, yeah. It was funny.
2: Yeah, They were the original the original football <laughs> blogging awards winner, I think, for fantasy yeah. creation.
3: And like I mean I'm just like humor is just one way to go, but like I, I'm curious, you either guys is there something that you think Either like a YouTube, like a like a you know YouTube creator or a podcaster could do that you don't feel like someone's doing right now, like some new kind of content.
4: Yeah, I think that's really tough because I mean, there is, there is a lot of podcasts and streams that have comedy in them. They're not the basis of what they do, but they are. Uh, they're more light-hearted, right? Um, I don't. I don't. Like you say, the, the whole data thing is being being done to death at the moment. I thought we'd cornered it with black box, but others are going even deeper, yeah. right? Yep. So I, I, I think like I don't think you can have enough though. Podcast like your own, where it's about the relationship between the people who do it, right? I think they're, they're always going to be different by the nature that yep. they're different people in different relationships. And, like, when you listen to, you, 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 people have their favorites based on whether they they enjoy the, that relationship between the two people. Yeah. So I think it's enough just to have that. If you've got a friend who yeah. you that's, bounce off of,
3: that can be enough. That, that's so true because I remember talking to Brandon once about some new, i do not even sure if it was a fantasy podcast, but I just asked him about it. And But I said, oh, you know, it's it's one of those podcasts where one guy's really into it and he dragged his friend along. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like that those, right. those <laughs> podcasts don't tend to last, right? <laughs> if it's one guy who really wants to do it and is like, Someone come do you this remember my gotta, obsession
2: uh, with shirts versus skins of pod, <laughs> FPL podcast I discovered on SoundCloud. It was clearly in some American dorm room and it was one guy who really wanted to do it. And his four friends who just had a passing interest in it. and it did and not uh, work. And
4: week by week they <laughs> fell away, did they? Oh, um, very, very, very much there. so. Yeah. But I
2: think yeah. we have a good example of uh, another idea here in the room. Our co-hosts Gianni and Ed who host the Fantasy Football Social. And the idea there is, this is not serious at all. It is like the it is a concentrated form of two friends chatting. And I think Ed has become a master of the uh, even briefer bit of content, like on Twitter. (laughs) Ed is always posting some uh, scandalous uh, 30-second-long video of like, here's why I think uh, I don't even I can't even. I can't even think, but it's too controversial for me to, to mention it's here. too hot for this. So yeah, yeah. subtype short is good. Um, but I would say, uh, if John, if you haven't left already because we've blathered on about your question, the last piece of advice would be the hardest thing to do is begin content creation in the middle of a Premier League season. Right. Your best opportunity to get a foothold is to people start people at the... People don't when start early enough. The, the, the sure. enthusiasm. But speaking of doing things with people you love... I am looking around this room. This is the mandatory branded becomes very earnest moment of any production. I'm so grateful to all of you who have come out and also who continue to be a part of the Always Cheating community, Mark's community, Black Box, Gianni, and Ed. It's great to just be with you and hang out. And this is why Ed started uh, the uh, the fest in, in, in the beginning, because Sometimes we don't have people to talk about FPL with, right? Yeah. And it's oh, good to saw, get together. I saw people
3: walk in. There's something very, like you know, anxiety-inducing. I think for like the one person who walks in by themselves, I'm like, oh man, this yeah. is this is not going to go well. And then five <laughs> minutes in, they start talking to somebody. And yeah. And I'll yeah. yeah, look at you specifically because <laughs> <laughs> I got that vibe, and I was like, yeah, just like it just takes a second to you know. Um, you, look then, like that, you look like right, that. You look like that, Josh, in
2: every room listen, you walk into. Them.
3: Once you hit a certain age, right? Like once you're over thirty. It's like I I meet a lot of dads in my neighborhood. We have like nothing in common. Almost all of them, 99.9% of them. Like if if you have one thing like FPL, that's like way more than enough. You could build an entire friendship off, off of just that as like a, as like a, you know, base or
4: whatever. Yeah, And, and FPL was never a five minute chat, is it? It, no, it, it, exactly, it exactly. you know, you can regale about your current season, your decision-making that season. You can tell your stories about previous seasons. Yep. Everyone's yeah. got one That's or great. two of those each. Yeah. Uh, and some funny stories and, and how they you know, yeah. there's so much that you can, you can c- discuss with people who have got that like-minded obsession. Yeah. And uh, so I, I just find it, it's amazing. Like, you know, like, I felt like I knew you guys from listening to your podcast, right? But I didn't know, like, when we got together last night, it was just just fantastic, it's wasn't fun. it, like, yeah. just to meet yeah. each other and, and yeah. just have that uh, that bond straight away that we've got just through the game and our understanding of it and how much it means to you us. You and me just
3: complaining for a full we hour. Did, we did, great. we
4: did. Yeah. We moaned yeah. for about 45 <laughs> minutes at least. But it, and, and it's the same with anyone here today, like, just talking to them, you immediately have that connection, and it's ex- yeah. it's, it's excited, and it makes you feel like... Yeah, you could be the only one amongst your group of friends who have got that obsession, but when you get amongst others, yeah.
3: it kind of verifies that you know it's not—it's a it great does. thing to be into, it's right? just, it, Exactly, and it just yeah, it just—it's a springboard, I think. For we, in fact, we have some friends who I know have met through fantasy, who just you know, there's great friends. There. Okay, I, I want to end. Um, I think we should end now. But Gianni, did you have anything you wanted to say about the um, the the five? Coming aside? up,
2: Gianni. I thought you were going to end by asking for top four predictions, but... You uh. <laughs> can say Johnny Petucci problem. at this point as well here, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go.
4: Morning, guys. Thank you all for coming, by the way. Um, loads still to come today, including, for those that want to, uh, football at 11. So if you fancy a kickabout, we'll do like a small five-a-side tournament. I'll put you in teams. I'll see you out on the pitches. We've got two of them uh, in half an hour's time. We'll also have a quiz later as
2: well.
3: All right. All right, hey, thank you so much for listening. Grab some beers. We'll be around. Thank you, and thank you you, Mark.
2: Thank you, Mark.
3: Thank you, guys, for having me.